The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my special guest tonight is WoW Superhero Star Faith the Lioness. How's it going, Faith? Hey, I'm doing awesome. How are you? Pretty good. Since it's Halloween this week, do you have any plans on Halloween night? Halloween night? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I might even just be in the studio working. <laughs> um, but I did this past weekend have a live show at a Halloween party that was like circus themed. So ironically, I dressed up as like a lion tamer, even though I'm the lioness, but I thought it was, you know, being circus themed, I was like ringleader, AKA lion tamer. You know, I thought it would be kind of cool. So that was my Halloween little shindig so far. But other than that, uh, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's pretty awesome. Um, Since you're 20 years old, um, you've done a lot for a, a young girl your age as well. I mean, you were in martial arts, you did music and pro wrestling, and um, I know you can handle the pressure pretty good. So um, how do you prepare yourself, you know, with all the pressures through all the three great stuff you do? Thank you. So, yeah, I uh, honestly, I feel like my whole life, um, I joined, well, my mom put me in dance at two, And then because I wouldn't pay attention, I was in the corner doing my own thing. She put me in Taekwondo at four. And I feel being in martial arts really helped me know how to handle stuff like this and like pressure. So because it really taught me peace and everything's a mindset and the respect and discipline, you know, it's, it's very important to learn how to balance everything. I always think of the concept yin and yang the balance there's going to be negatives and there's going to be positives but you have to look at everything in an optimistic way so i feel i'm i like the pressure in a way because it pushes you to be who you didn't think you could be before so it you you can surprise yourself so yeah And also, uh, you were seven years old when you got your black belt for Taekwondo. That's pretty impressive. Thank you so much. Honestly, when my mom put me, when my mom put me in it, I never missed a day of it. I loved it. And of course, getting back into dance around five and continuing to go to martial arts as well. I, I mean, I loved kicking wooden boards and punching them and sparring. And I think, you know, for kids, especially, getting into that i really think it empowers them and helps with you know life morals so i'm just grateful that my parents put me in that and that's pretty awesome that really does help you with your wrestling training as well and um i'm also training a little bit as well so um is wrestling more harder on your body and training than mixed martial arts i would say it's pretty it's pretty even because i mean wrestling it is so, I mean, it's combat. Like, you are making contact. You are slamming. Like, you know, and it's so, like, you'll get bruises that you didn't know that it was there or, like, why it's there, you know? So, I mean, with martial arts, of course, the sparring and the athleticism is also very, it's super high athleticism as well. So, I honestly see it as 
fairly even, um, and I love both of them. Hey, yeah, um, when you took your first bump in the ring training, um, how were you feeling? I actually, so my I took my very first bump. I remember it was the month of June. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was in 2017 or 2018. I'm trying to remember. I think 2018, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, and uh, when I took that bump, I... I got up and I was like, I kind of like that. <laughs> and honestly, I fell in love with it. And going, I just wanted to learn more after that, you know? So I think I felt like all my problems in my life or outside of the ring just disappeared when I was training. So, Hey, um, that's pretty good as well. And you also grew up in uh, sunny California as well, like I did as well. Um, what was it like for you growing up since, you know, you were like a, you know, tall blonde girl? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, growing up in California, I don't really know anything any different. Um, so I, I'm, just, I'm grateful because I love the weather out here. And my mom, actually, she's from Detroit, so she grew up in the snow. And she hates snow, so that's why she moved out here. And um, basically, I mean, I've been in the entertainment industry since I was little, and I feel like this is just the place to be for that. Um, And I'm just, I love it out here, honestly. Um, When you were training to be a pro wrestler as well, um, how did WOW find out about you? Did you reach out to them and do a tryout, or did they uh, find out about you and, and came ask you, hey, come out and try out? So they actually had like a casting call and my mom came across it and she submitted me for it and I went to the tryout and met David and Selena and I felt right away like it was the right, like I was meant to be there. So from then on, it just, you know, here we are. (laughs) And you also have a impressive tornado kick and how long did it take you to perfect that? That's a good question. I feel like it's always been in my, like, that was always my favorite kick. And I would say up until up until now, I, I honestly can't remember how old I was when I first even learned that. Or I don't even think, some, I don't remember someone teaching it to me, quite honestly. I think I saw a video of it on YouTube, and I just tried to mimic it. And I feel like a lot of that, mixing the taekwondo training with the dance training i feel like i was able to kind of self-teach myself that move like out of just watching videos over and over again so i don't really i mean i'm still perfecting it now so i don't even i'm not sure how long to be honest (laughs) oh i've seen it's very impressive and i I would hate to be on the end of that kick too (laughs) thank you um, also, since you've been wrestling over a while, um, you got in there when you were like 19 years old. And when you first stepped in the ring going in front of a huge audience, what was that like for you? And how were you feeling at the time when you first did your first match? Oh, my gosh. The moment was so surreal, especially because my first match was against the Beast. And, you know, she's like super buff and really strong. So. But I, I like challenges, so uh, in my head, like, even walking out, hearing my entrance music, and being able to even perform my entrance song with my dancers, and coming out, and bringing something, you know, different to WOW, I was just like, this is crazy, and then locking up in the ring, so funny, my very first walk-up, we bumped heads super hard, like, 
And because of the excitement and like, so when we locked up, we bumped heads and man, I felt my brain move. So, <laughs> but like, it, it was just such a surreal moment and I was so excited. And once the match ended, even though like I lost, but the whole thing about losing is being able to get back up again and continue going. But after that match, I was, I was like, dang, that was crazy. And I cried, but out of passion and love and how exciting it was. So. Yeah, it was just super exciting. And lately on Wild Women's Wrestling as well, you have to end up dealing with uh, Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill. What's that like for you? Yeah, so they're both very, very tough, as they're calling themselves now Grits and Glam, which honestly I think is a great name for them. (laughs) I think it's great, but, um, you know, they're great. They're very great competitors, and they have a unique style that, you know, I think is, I look up to, but, you know, I was basically a two-on-one because Lana wouldn't tag in every time I was trying to tag in, and in our last match together, um, you know, Lana was claiming it was an accident, so, I mean, you know, that's kind of, it was definitely like a two-on-one, so that was, it was definitely a challenge, so, but, you know, it is what it is, and I'll keep trying until I accomplish what I need to. Oh, yeah. Um, do you ever see yourself uh, getting in the ring with Till Piper in the future? Most definitely. Honestly, I'm opening to I'm open to wrestle anyone, especially Teal. That would be, you know, amazing. I would pay to see that match. That would be a great match. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what's it um, like working with uh, Tessa Blanchard as well? Tessa's great. She's a great wrestler. She really knows what she's doing, of course. She's paved a great path for herself in the wrestling business and she has some really great advice um in the ring and just how to be outside of the ring and i i look up to her as a wrestler um also i don't know if this is true but i'm going to ask you anyway um were you ever approached by scouts from the wwe yes i actually was i did not personally talk to them they actually ended up running into i believe it was my mom in the audience of wow and um we've been getting a few emails from a scout from wwe but um right now because i'm so new you know i want to get as much experience as i can um and i'm loyal to wow wow is where i've learned everything that i know so i mean i don't know what the future holds but um that is true that has happened yeah, um, you were also put in a, a hammerlock DDT. How did that feel afterwards? You know, I um, <laughs> I really did. I hit my head pretty hard, <laughs> and uh, but at the same time, like again, every time I wrestle, it's after the match. It's like, did I just do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so crazy. And to think back, I mean, it definitely it definitely did hurt. And um, I kind of, I had to sleep in the next day because get that rest from my brain because it definitely, it made some hard contact with the mat. So, I mean, but I'm all better now. So that's all that matters. Um, also, you have a great singing career as too. I know you're coming up with, with some new stuff in your music as well. And you also sing and co- co- you know, co-produce your interest theme song. Um, we flex and um, also didn't your dad play bass on that as well and how'd you come up with that song yeah so um, 
I do have some new music coming out soon. Uh, we're working on an album. And then with We Flex, I, um, I wrote that song a few months before we filmed the first season. And, you know, I came to David and Selena and I was like, hey, would it be cool if I, you know, wrote and, you know, came up with my entrance music and they were totally open to it. So I'm just grateful that they gave me that freedom to do that. And um, my friend, I've been friends with him for years and we met through the music industry. His name's Naz Travnit, great producer, really great family friend of me and my family. And I'm just fortunate I, I got to work on this project with him and um honestly everything kind of fell together very naturally and my dad did play bass he actually used to be in a hair 80s rock band <laughs> and so you know he can still slap on the bass and groove so we i decided like that would be super cool like just get him on the track so yeah I'm also, uh, since Wiles on, you know, Saturday nights on Axis TV, it's the only women's wrestling show that's really, you know, on live TV and it's very like national as well. Um, Mm -hmm. What's it like for the uh, female empowerment of that? Yeah. Which is. <laughs> cut, out a little, cut out a little bit. Oh yeah, I was talking about since Wiles on Saturday nights, and it's the only you know female you know promotion that's going around you know nationally on TV as well. Um, what's it like of the female empowerment and being on Wild at the same time? Oh yeah, it's such a great like journey, and I feel like even wrestling right now in general is really a huge topic. And being a woman, I mean, I feel that we're really come we're out here and we're doing all that we can to be our own bosses and i think it's just great energy to have and instilling that confidence in all women any age no matter what you look like no matter what your size is it's just a great um outlet and to let women know that you can really be who you want to be um also how'd you come up with uh the lioness yeah, so I'm a Leo. My birthday is August 5th, and so that's kind of where I had the idea. Um, and just having the heart of a lion, my parents have always raised me to have thick skin, and, you know, loyalty is huge for us. And lions are, and Leos, they're known to be very loyal. And I feel like it's just the morals that I've been raised with have inspired me to become Faith the Lioness. And,. You know, every time I step in that ring, it's even kind of like an alter ego. It's like almost like a just more extra out version of myself. That's so true. And I want to tell you something else. I love the ring gear. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, It's pretty wild and it just suits you perfectly for a while. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, also, you're a big geek like me. So recently, you were at the Los Angeles Comic Con with Wow. Uh, what was yes. that? What was that like in your experience at uh, the LA Comic Con? Oh, it was so much fun. I loved meeting everybody who came into the ring, even like kids. It was so cute. Everyone was all dressed up, and seeing the kids' faces when they first get in the ring and how excited they are and wanting to like touch the ropes and touch my hair and stuff like it was just so much fun i did wrestle the beast though again and you know she's very great competitor very strong and i did lose but i'll keep going until i win (laughs) 
Um, but the whole crowd there has such great energy and enthusiasm. And I was just super grateful to be there and be able to be in that experience of all the positive love and energy around us. That's pretty wild too. Um, I love going to conventions as well. You meet some interesting people, and it's such a like great positive energy. It just makes you feel good about yourself when you do those uh, conventions as well, especially when they add pro wrestling to it as well. Oh, for sure. And it's so funny because they had <laughs> they had a glitter tattoo booth that I kept going back to because I I want a tattoo, but like I you can be yourself at those conventions is basically what I'm saying. Like I just went all out and like you know, like there are so many interesting people and it's just so fun to meet new people and why they're dressed as what they are dressed as and what they're a fan of and that even people coming up to the ring and saying, Oh my gosh, I love the show it's just so surreal to hear people say that, you know. I'm also, uh, since you're a pro wrestler as well, um, is there any other competitive stuff or anything you would love to step into that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Um, hmm. Honestly, even before wrestling, I really thought about getting into MMA and starting with the amateur fighting and maybe going to the UFC if the opportunity presented itself. But the reason that I kind of shied away from that for now is because I, you know, I really want to get into action movies, whether like some stunt work and whether it's a superhero role, like that's one of my biggest um, goals that I have for myself is an action movie and um, to eventually tour with my music and tour with wrestling, so... Those are my biggest goals uh, long term. Since you uh, want to in the future get into a superhero movie, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, DC, yeah. DC or Marvel? Ooh. <laughs> I have to say Marvel. I think Marvel would be pretty cool. Or even creating a character that isn't even a character yet. Oh, that would be pretty wild. Doing the movie and then eventually ends up turning out to be in a comic book as well. That'd be pretty wild. Right, for sure. And even people now, they um, people always send me and post on Instagram different comic-like pictures of the Lioness character as me, and I think it's just crazy cool to see that. I bet it is. You probably get, like, tons of artwork of the Lioness as well. Um, of all that stuff that your fans send you, what's your favorite of, of all that you've gotten from a fan? You know what? It's actually my favorite is one that I got very recently, and um, it's like a comic comic type um, uh, artwork where I'm crouching down with my fur jacket like swinging behind me, and I have my like I call it my claws, but my gold nails. And he even gave me fangs because he said um, it was like around it's around Halloween time. So, but I just thought it was so so cool and it really inspired me to even either make like an animated like series or a movie like as the lioness but yeah i think that was that would have to be my favorite so far that's pretty awesome um since you have um what we talked about earlier you have a great fantastic voice as well uh the singing part of your uh, career as well um has that also helped you prepare yourself when you do promos oh for sure i feel like um, it is, it's getting past the nervousness and, you know, just 
saying what you feel in the moment. And sometimes it's hard to do that because I know I will overthink sometimes. And sometimes you just got to say what you feel. And being in the music business, there's, you know, there's interviews. And as a songwriter, sometimes there'll be either writer's block or, like, you have to, you can, once you get on a roll, then you just keep on going. And I feel like being, even in acting as well, I feel like music and acting have both helped me with being able to do promos. Um, I'm going to ask you another question. You probably have a lot of them. Um, what is the most memorable moment out of your whole career that you still remember today that will never go away? I've, you probably have had tons of them. What would be that certain memorable moment? Yeah, there, that's a very good question. There are very many moments. <laughs> um, um, well, to start like as me as a little girl here's one of them and i'll say a more serious one okay <laughs> go ahead <laughs> but so when i i did my very first dance recital when i was three years old it was like just a little tap and ballet recital and we still have you know old video of it and there was actually a lion in the background of the set so i thought that was cool and i kept staring at it um, and every, all the girls were doing what they were supposed to do. And here's me walking around the stage, not in my spot, staring at the lion like, wow, that's cool. I can just see that. That's what I was thinking on my face. And then to add on, at the very end of the recital, when they brought everyone on stage, here's me starting to do a strip tease because my outfit was itchy. And <laughs> them having to take me off stage because I was like, man, forget this outfit and taking it off. This is uncomfortable. So <laughs> I would say that's my very first moment that I would have, that I remember that's just like absolutely crazy and like, wow, she is tripping. So then <laughs> I would say uh, on a more serious note um, and more recent, I would have to say my very first match in wrestling because it was just such a surreal moment that I was able to come out and perform my entrance music and dance with my girls and then wrestle the beast right afterwards. So I think that's one of the, my recent moments that I will never, ever forget. Since you're in the ring as well, who are you eyeing next in the ring that you would love to get into the ring that you haven't got a chance in the wild locker room? I would love to wrestle Serpentine. I think she would be a great competitor. And um, as well as Rena Reyes, she's amazing. Both of them have really great, a great lucha style that I think is super cool and that I would like to learn eventually one day. And I think they would be, those would be great matches for sure. And even Havoc, she's a great, she's a powerhouse. So I like challenges. Hey, that's a good attitude to have as well, to, you know, fight like big beasts like that as well. So where do you see Faith the Lioness at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020? Um, I mean, stay tuned on Access TV on Saturday nights, and we'll see what the Lioness is doing on there. And hopefully starting to release some of my music and uh, working on a music video as well. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll go with the flow and stay tuned on my social media at Real Faith Music and you'll see. Um, where else can they uh, follow uh, Faith Alignus as well um, besides your uh, music? Yeah, so I do have a wrestling account 
uh, wow underscore the lioness on Twitter and Instagram. And if you don't know, my personal is at Real Faith Music. Just to put that out there again on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And you can find all my stuff on there. That's pretty good. Um, thank you so much to uh, come on the podcast tonight out of your busy schedule. I know you're a busy young lady. Of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to uh, Russell Popcast. And you can follow Russell Popcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Podcast City Network at podcasty.net. And you can follow me at Russell Popcast One on Twitter and also uh, Russell Popcast on Facebook. Everybody have a great evening. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with Wrestle Popcast, and my guest tonight is Jay West. How's it going, Jay? It's going good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Um, you just got done uh, having a match tonight at FTW. Yeah, so that's what you want to call it. Okay, we'll leave it there then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's let's go all the way back to the past. Um, okay. Were you a? Um, when did you fall in love with pro wrestling? Um, so I remember being a kid and uh, being at my grandma's house, and uh, some uh, some wrestling came on the TV as we were clicking through the channels uh, with the turnstile knob, and uh, I remember seeing Rowdy Roddy Piper on there. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what it was from, but I just remember seeing him on there and just seeing how how crazy he was acting and just the way he was like, he just had everybody all fired up, just mad at him. But I just remember I was like, man, that guy's got a lot of energy, you know. I was like, really liked watching him and uh, I remember seeing like Hogan on there too. And I remember my friends talk about how much they liked Hogan, but I was like, but it, Roddy Piper, and they were like, but Hogan, you know, stay your prayers, take your vitamins, and I'm like. But Roddy Piper, and like even as a kid, like I kind of had an understanding for that. Uh, and then we didn't really like uh, you know it was, uh, you know it wasn't well off financially growing up. So like uh, uh, whatever channel had that wrestling on it disappeared one day is what my kid brain rationalized. And uh, down the road uh, we're living in uh, we're living just up the road in Middletown and. Uh, uh, we had cable, and I remember uh, channels getting flipped through again and, and stumble across uh, WCW. And it was Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Dean Malenko. Um, and I think probably seven to eight minute match, but it was just a, it was just insane, just highlighting both guys' abilities and skills. And, and immediately, like being a big Spider Man fan, I saw a, it was my first time seeing a wrestler with a mask on. Uh, just immediately was like, that's that's the guy. That's my new favorite wrestler. And so uh, I was probably about 13 when that happened. And I just I spent the next like three years just following everything I could that Rey Mysterio did. I remember getting access to ordering uh, ordering VHS tapes from High Spots. Uh, and you could get ones that they had put together. And they had... Uh, they had the best of Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis from their time in Mexico before ECW and some of the stuff after Rey left WWE. So I got my hands on that. And then uh, uh, 
best of Rey Mysterio versus Juventud Guerrera from Mexico. Um, and just like some various things like that, just kept following and studying. And then uh, uh, it just kept going from there. You know, so I kind of grew up, kind of grew up early on as a WWF fan, like old school with Piper, but then uh, got introduced to WCW and the cruiserweights. And that was it for me. That's what sold me. So since the cruiser rates and WCW sold you, what um, got you decided? You're like, okay, I like this. I like Rey Mysterio Jr. Right. Um, Where did you go from there? And what decided you to get that passion to train to be a pro wrestler? So it, it was kind of, I think, I think in terms of the passion side, I think the initial spark happened when I saw Piper. Um, but when I saw that match with Rey Mysterio Jr. and Dean Malenko, that was when I, I think it was right then and there I got bit by the bug. And I was like, I, I want this to happen. Um, I, I really don't care what it's going to take, but I, I, before my time on this planet is done, I will be in the ring as a wrestler. Um, and so, uh, you know, like a lot of guys will tell you they did, you know, friends start backyard wrestling, you know, and we, I was, we did this backyard gimmick for a while, uh, it wasn't like the traditional stuff that you see. Like we had a couple guys who spent time, like they knew a little bit about wrestling. So they were trying to actually make the shows look more like wrestling shows, uh, you know, and, and things like that. And then um, not so much hardcore and, and hitting things, but like trying to make it look legitimate. And then um, <clears throat> I was working in a factory shortly out of high school and uh, there used to be a hotline you could call to catch up on uh, wrestling news, uh, wrestling guys hotline uh, and with Sean Stidham. And so on my first break every morning at work, I would run to the bathroom and I would throw my phone on and listen to it before my break was over. And uh, getting near the end and I'm like checking my watch. I'm like, oh man, if we got to get back out there and run out of time, I'm going to get in trouble for being late. And he goes, uh, okay. So for all of you young, aspiring pro wrestlers, uh, you have an opportunity coming up. Uh, Shark Boy from WCW and TNA fame is going to be hosting a 10-week a uh, training course uh, out of Hamilton, Ohio. Um, you know, here's where you go to get the info and, and the rest of the information and how to secure your spot and everything. So... Uh, I immediately like rush and go and track it down and uh, was fortunate enough to be one of the, he was only taking 10 people, 10 people for 10 weeks or 10 people for 15 weeks, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of the 10 people selected off the go. Uh, and even more fortunate that uh, two of my friends who were big wrestling fans uh, that I graduated high school with, uh, and did the backyard thing with, they had gotten selected also. So now the three of us were going into this class together, which anytime you're getting into pro wrestling, if you're going in with people that share a similar passion or, uh, or that you've known a long time that you're friends with, uh, you already have a leg up because you'll push each other to do better. And here's where I can see how this works. And this is how you see this works. And now we've got this whole new thing. Neither one of us would have seen. So that was, a, that was really, really helpful. Um, and so we, uh, yeah, we went through the training and, uh, uh, the three of us did exceptionally well. Uh, we all branched off shortly afterwards. 
Uh, went different directions with our careers. Uh, one of them ended up in HWA for a while, was doing pretty good, and then uh, some stuff came up and he fell out of the business. Uh, the other went to NWF uh, and did really well for himself for a while, took some time off, and I think he's back doing it again is the last I heard. Uh, and then I went, I went another route and started bouncing around to different locations across uh, like Ohio and Indiana and Michigan and things like that, uh, Kentucky. Uh, did a little time down at NWF also, but then, you know, just kind of bounce around, just, just meeting all sorts of people in different styles uh, uh, and just trying to round myself out to ultimately fulfill that goal of, you know, one day maybe meeting and or getting to wrestle Ray Mysterio Jr. You know, just as that opportunity to be yet another guy on his belt that said, hey, before we do this, I just need to let you know the whole reason why I'm standing here is because I was inspired by you. You know, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but... I'm still satisfied with what I was able to do. That's pretty good. That's a good story as well. Um, let's talk about Cody Hawk. He was your mm-hmm. mentor. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so Cody and I uh, met before the, the, shark, uh, the shark tank is what Shark's training deal was called. I was in the first one. Um, Cody and I had met before that my senior year of high school, uh, like 2002, 2003. And uh, I had no concept of how to do any kind of business myself, um, you know, still green behind the, the mm-hmm. ears and, you know, just not not very smart, not very educated, uh, just in the way the world works, much less the wrestling world. Uh, so I, uh, I went down to uh, that iteration of HWA uh, and had started to learn some things, um, but ran out of money, didn't handle things the right way. Uh, and thought I shot myself in the foot in, in terms of wrestling uh, until the, the, shark, the shark tank came along. Um, so, you know, I went a number of years without seeing Cody, and then we linked back up uh, four years ago, I think, about four years ago uh, at a promotion and, you know, got to talking. Uh, had, uh, we had a couple matches together, and he had seen that I'd, I had progressed from the last time he had seen me. Uh, and had, had started getting an understanding of some, some important concepts to wrestling. And uh, so we just got to talking and stuff and, uh, you know, buried the hatchet from years before and, and uh, you know, got to the point where I was like, hey, you know, so I had some ideas about something. What do you think about this? And he would give me some pointers or like, well, did you try looking at it this way? Or what if we did this, but we kind of, you know, what if this went this route with it instead? And it was just one of those where it just, you know, just kind of went from there and, you know, had, I recognize his education level. He's got a lot of experience. He has probably forgotten more about the things he's seen and done than I'll probably ever see or do, even with me having done this 16 years. Um, he's just, he's, he's good, you know. And so his opinion in, 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 in some things, uh, I, I kind of take that, you know, kind of to heart because, you know, no, he was never my official trainer, uh, but that is where I – first started to learn anything about professional wrestling was from him um so going getting getting to go back and and kind of bury that hatchet and 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 get to sit on a learning tree you know every once in a while like hey i'm kind of seeing this what do you think of this or so on and so forth uh it's been it's just been it's been really beneficial so yeah. and it's pretty good from learning because cody's trained a lot of big names in the business as well yeah he, he absolutely has like even even just kind of sitting back and thinking about it a little bit is like you know it's still kind of mind-boggling it's like it's like wow that you know these all these people have found success and what's one thing they have in common they all trained with cody 
you know, they train with some other people too, and they've they've had some other influences. Like some of them spent some time with Les also, but uh, that was like, you know, that's like the thing is like Cody's name is tied to all these people who were finding success. So it was, that was really cool to get to see him uh, get the uh, respect and uh, acknowledgement he deserved and he's earned, you know, uh, from the Cauliflower Alley Club, you know, for Trainer of the Year. So that was really cool to see. So um, what brought you to uh, Future Great Wrestling? Um, well, I had, uh, I had taken some time off. Um, you know, uh, I had gotten hurt a couple of years ago. And uh, it was kind of like some things that had been going on wrestling-wise for me. I was starting to lose my drive and passion. And, uh, you know, I was, starting to, I was really starting to doubt my own abilities um, on whether or not I could even have a match much less a match at the level i'm used to going you know at the pace i'm used to going um and then uh i got hurt and the uh, i've had a number of injuries like legitimate injuries uh in my career but this one this one kind of ranked up there and kind of scared me a bit you know uh, i took a bad fall outside of the ring and i got a stinger on my sciatic nerve uh, when that happened i lost the feeling in my right leg for six hours and i thought that uh, the only reason why I know it was a stinger was because eventually everything came back and I've been fine since. But during that time frame, you start to panic a little bit. And I was like, it's not coming back. Did I, did I legit like do some, some, you know, spinal damage or spinal cord damage? Is this like, is this going to be the rest of my life? You know, cause I've had issues with sciatica before uh, where the sciatic nerve protrudes and gets pinched in the hip. Uh, and I've got a few toes that I'll, I'll never have feeling in again, but this was on a whole new level. And so it just got to the point where I was like, okay, you know, some opportunities came up and they didn't work out, um, you know, because maybe because you're not performing at the level you should. And now you just suffered an injury on something that wasn't even a, a it wasn't like a, a big move or a hot, it was just a basic thing that happened uh, and you hit just right. And then this happened, like, should you even be around anymore? Are are you at risk of getting really hurt again? Or are you at risk of hurting somebody else or worse? You know, so I uh, kind of got in my own head and uh, kind of just faded out. Uh, took a couple years off, and uh, and then I saw uh, some people had been started talking about FGW. Uh, I started recognizing a lot of the names tied to the locker room, and I was like, I know a lot of these guys, and the ones that I had somewhat heard of. Um, I knew had come up under Cody. And so I'm like, okay, well, if they're on shows, Cody's given them the, the green light, approved them saying that they've reached a level to which he trusts them to be on shows with other people. You know, maybe that's something, even if we don't get back to do shows, maybe it's just a way we can start getting rid of the weight from, you know, falling off the wagon and all that stuff and, and really realizing how much we love to eat. Um, so I started coming down, just start working out, getting to talk to everybody and, and it never fails if you've been around and you disappear for a while and you come back the people who know you at some point are going to start going so when are you coming back so when are you come back and it, it, and it was like every single time like the same three or four people when are you come back we already know you're coming back when is it i don't know i don't know if i'm coming back no we know you're coming back when yeah and it finally went from I don't know to well I've got to lose a little more weight, trying to do a little better about my my in ring conditioning and and things like that. It's like I see if I can even remember how how to do certain moves and stuff. And like okay, well you know, like we told you, we know you're coming back. So when's it going to be? And, and next thing I know, the headlocks for Hayden show. 
you know, I've, I've been asked as a personal favor to, to step back in just to do that. And once I did that, it was, that was it. I was, that was, I was back. <laughs> oh, you're definitely back. I mean, you've, um, you've actually earned your spot with FGW and had some great matches as well here. Well, I, I, if if by great you mean some people have been entertained, I'm very glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> not so much great as how things have been working out for me. Um, still trying to figure out how to uh, how to remedy that situation, but uh, you know, I still got some plans. A couple minor setbacks. Oh, you got this though. You'll you'll get it back in no time. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so when um, when you had that injury, where uh, like didn't it like almost like put you in a coma? No. Uh, so th- that was a that was a back injury, the one that put me out for two years. Okay. I think what you're talking about is uh, uh, I had a I had a major head injury in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, doing something stupid. Uh, had access after I finished training with Shark. Uh, the building that he was using was owned by another another promotion. Um, they'd granted us access to the ring anytime we wanted to whenever they were open. So I only lived like 10 minutes away at the time. So I was there. If I wasn't doing shows, I was there every day. So, you know, if I wasn't out of town wrestling on shows, I was there training before I had to go home, go to bed, and go to my, my other job in the morning so I could come home and train some more. Uh, kind of pushed myself a bit much uh, and made a really, really dumb decision. Um, and tried to do a move, uh, an aerial move, uh, onto a crash pad when there was nobody else here uh, in the room with me. Well, okay, I take that back. There was a, uh, the owner, was, or one of the owners of the booker, I can't really remember what his job was, he was there in the office, and his, uh, his uh, son and daughter, son and stepdaughter, something like that, uh, who were like uh, 14 and 16 at the time, they were in the room where I was watching me work out in the ring. And uh, went, climbed up on the top rope, went to do this, this move, overshot the crash pad, and slammed my head into the ring. Um, not me loopy. I thought it was a, just a basic concussion. You know, not that that's supposed to be scoffed at, but I, I'd had a number of them. And I, I was at that age still where I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So I was like, ah, you know, I, I was putting concussions as like, oh, I sprained my wrist. Kind of the same boat yeah. as that. So uh, took some time off uh, a couple from training. So time off the, at that time for me was uh, at, at the most three days. Uh, went back, uh, was doing, did some shows, uh, went back to my, my other job and uh, realized that like any lights that were on felt like somebody was shining a, like a police flashlight yeah. right in my face. It didn't matter if it was just it was a like, was it like real light. bright where yeah. you could see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I had real hyper light sensitivity. Um, which is not a good sign. And uh, I left work and I went to the emergency room and told them what was going on and they didn't handle it very well. Um, even after I told them I'd hit my head and may still have a concussion, uh, they gave me a Tylenol 3 with codeine and, and knocked me out for four hours, which you're not supposed to sleep. But, you know, I'm not a medical expert. Just, just you know. <laughs> so you had that long sleep. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I get off there and I was like, all right, well, they left me here by myself. Uh, they gave me this medication. Apparently it's not as bad as we thought, so I'm going to go home, get my stuff, and go train. So I left the hospital, went home, got my gear. And uh, the, my oldest friend, we've been friends since he was three and I was five, uh, I saw him down the street and I said, hey, do you want to come with me? Uh, I can't guarantee you can do anything, but if you want, you can at least climb inside the ring so you can see what it looks like from the inside. 
and you know he's a big wrestling fan, big fan of Sting. Always Sting's always been his favorite wrestler, all mm-hmm. the way from Stinger to Wolfpack Sting to TNA Sting, whatever, whatever. So uh, he goes with me, and and I'm like, okay, I you know here you know uh, I'm going to start going through some warm up stuff, but if you want to hang out, just stay off to the side so you're not my way. So. Uh, and so I went through, and I, I went to do like a roll, or like something happened. I fell, but I didn't fall hard. I just yeah. kind of just just fell. But as soon as I hit, like the whole left side vision went black, and the whole right side vision went red, and then like things went real south real fast. Um, I don't, I can't tell you what uh, happened. Well, I can. I just don't remember. I'm just, okay. I'm just, yeah. at this point now, anything I tell you is mm-hmm. what I've been told. Mm-hmm. So apparently, uh, I got sick for about three hours. They couldn't get me to stand up straight. Uh, I was in shock. Uh, they, uh, he got me home, didn't have his license, but he knew it was an issue. So he got me back to, uh, got me back home. And, uh, uh, at that point, like I was just really out of it. Like I was still in shock, but we hadn't really put that together. We just thought I was just exhausted. So, uh, kind of was just bundled up on the couch, just all clammy and, and cold and just, just looking like a, just looking bad. And, uh, the next morning, uh, they wake up to this thump and they thought it was my great grandma had fallen out of bed. Uh, cause she had about six months before and broke her hip. They thought it was that again. So they go to check on her and realize she's still asleep. And they come out in the living room and they see me and I'm all tangled up in the blanket. I'm face down on the floor, uh, non-responsive. And so, uh, they're trying to get me to wake up, and they can't, and they, uh, they called paramedics. I started having my second seizure. The first seizure is the one that made me fall out of bed. Started having my second seizure. Uh, paramedics show up. Uh, they get me under control uh, after much struggle and apparently me hitting the paramedic a number of times and busting him open. Um, they get me on the gurney. They get me to the first hospital, same hospital that gave me the Tylenol 3 with codeine who uh, says that they can't do anything to save my life and that I was going to die if they couldn't get me to uh, UC hospital. Uh, so they care f- they put me in a drug-induced coma. Uh, care flew me. Okay, I took me on care flight yeah. to UC Neurological Intensive Care. Uh, and I spent 4th of July week in 2004 uh, in the hospital uh, under sedation because I was deemed a uh, violent patient due to my seizures. Yeah, um, I had done... I think what they told me was I I had uh, hurt or beat up a total of nine doctors, nurses, and paramedics. Damn. And uh, had done about $3,000 worth of hospital damage. So they had to keep me sedated until they could figure out for sure the extent of the damage and what the options are going to be. They got me about 15 minutes out from having a, a relief hole drilled in the back of my head uh, because I had suffered what's called a subdural te- hematoma, which is fancy word for massive brain bleed. Uh, uh, due to traumatic brain injury. Uh, and my brain was swelling to the left uh, at a significant rate. So they did some final checks, uh, and they noticed that the swelling was decreasing. So they put a stay on the surgery to keep monitoring me. And uh, I guess the rate of, of where the swelling was, was going down was almost the same rate as at which it occurred based on the results and the tests that they had done. And then about... 18 hours later, I woke up in, in a hospital bed surrounded by family. 
Wow. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, so that was the worst injury. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And speaking of, since you were um, in the Shark Tank, t- um, you know, training with a Shark Boy. Yeah. And your friends were with you as well. So when you guys, like, separated and went your own ways, did you guys ever get in the ring to wrestle each other as well? Yeah, yeah. We actually, uh, the three of us had a, had a number of matches. Uh, me and, and the one guy, uh, me and one of the guys, had a, had a number of matches very early out of Shark Tank. Uh, me and the other guy had a number of matches a little later, uh, both uh, in BPW for uh, for um, oh he's going to be so mad when he when he realizes I don't remember his name Dean Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, so we did uh, we had a number of matches over there uh, f- uh, for Dean Baldwin's Buckeye Pro Wrestling out of Middletown, and then. Uh, had a few matches against each other in uh, NWF for Roger, uh, and then uh, I blew out my shoulder. Uh, and once I got healed up to start wrestling again, I didn't go back to NWF. I went back on the road, traveling around. So we uh, we crossed paths um, maybe two more times after all that. Mm-hmm. The last one was at a Cole at the Cole Gray Memorial Show in two thousand nine. Okay. Uh, was for a mutual friend of ours who had lost his fight with cystic fibrosis. And so we were the tribute match. We wrestled each other. Uh, great match. Uh, to this day, still one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, just a way to, you know, way to show, uh, show Cole that, you know, we had continued on towards what we, what we had said and that we were doing that for him. And it felt really good to wrestle in our, uh, in the gym of our alma mater. So we got to wrestle in front of people we'd went to high school with and, and our families and everything. Real emotional, real, real great thing. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah. When, um, when you're not in the ring, um, you're also a big Spider-Man fan. Yeah. What, what got you into Spider-Man? Did you like read the comics, collect the toys? Everything. When I was a kid, that was I don't I don't remember a time of my life in which I didn't know who Spider-Man was and didn't think he was the greatest superhero of all time. And that's just my opinion. I know some people are going to say Batman. I know some people are going to say Adam West Batman. Just for me, it's Spider-Man all day, every day. I and anything else is uh, is number two. All right. So, so um, do you have any like a Spider-Man memorabilia? Yeah. Um, so as a wedding gift, uh, a close friend of mine uh, gave me a limited edition. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a Funko Pop, but they're called Q-Figs. Okay. And it's a uh, there's there's a normal version of Spidey in his red and blue costume yeah. hanging off of a street lamp with a camera. But the limited edition one is black and white, and the whole inside of the box is done up to look like the cover of the Daily Bugle. Oh, nice. And instead of a camera, he's shooting webs. And so I, uh, I've got that. I've got the other one, too. I went and tracked it down after I got the black <laughs> and white one. But uh, I've got that, and it actually sits in my desk at work. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So do you have a lot of uh, spider memorabilia at your work? <laughs> uh, I used to. Uh, I changed jobs recently. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, like anybody who walked past my desk at my old job, there was like uh, there was like a black costume Marvel Legends Spidey figure that I had stuck to, uh, hanging up on the wall uh, <laughs> of the my cubicle. That's and awesome. There was like random pictures I'd found and like other figures and statues. Mm-hmm. And like a guy I worked with got me a one of the – uh, Funko Pop, like the giant ones of Spider Hulk that stands like nine inches. I've tall. seen that; it's nice. Yeah, he found it and was like, "Here, I got this for you." Hands me this big box. I'm like, "What, uh, <laughs> dude? I have no desk left, you know." So, yeah, 
Yeah, Dude, you got a Spider-Man watch on right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's popping up Spider-Man on your yeah. watch. I just I found noticed that. I found a Spider-Man face for my uh, for my smartwatch, and I threw that on there. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 you know that's it's it's one of those things. It's like you know they tell you that you uh, you grow old, um, and and you can't stop that. But and my thoughts always been like you know I can't stop physically growing old, but at least mentally. If I can still retain some of my childhood, I'll always have fun. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their geek passions or their hobbies too. So yeah. it's like you're not the only one <laughs> as well. So speaking of how you know um, Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah. you know got you into wrestling, um, when you came up with your character, did you ever think about wearing a mask? I did. Um, so uh, I, I got. I was fortunate enough that I got to go to Canada twice and wrestle, and both times. Uh, somebody else, uh, the the promotion paid for it, which uh, you know is not always the case when you travel out of the state or out of the country. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, not a knock on Canada, but it's just Canada. It's not like going to Japan or Mexico or Europe or Germany, England, whatever. Yeah. But it was still, you know, uh, I finished Shark Tank. My injury was in uh, was Fourth uh, of July, oh four. Mm-hmm. Um, less uh, six months after the injury, I was back wrestling when I shouldn't have been back for a year. By the following time in 05, I was making my first trip to Canada. So in less than two years of wrestling, I was going to Canada to, to wrestle, and I got to go twice in the same year. Um, so when I went up there, the, the, one of the times I was up there, they, uh, they wanted me to do a normal match, and then they asked me if I would also do a battle royal. And... Uh, uh, I said, yeah, I don't mind doing both. Would it be okay? I've, I've kind of kicked around the idea of doing a masked, uh, uh, like doing a masked character or wrestling under the mask. Would it be okay if I did that for the Battle Royal? Would you guys be? And they're like, yeah, no, that's fine. I said, okay. So I've, I got this mask out that I had I'd ordered a, a generic version of a mask from uh, a website, and I had done some stuff to it. Mm-hmm. I had this cut-off shirt. Uh, well, it was a sleeveless shirt. Yeah. You know, it wasn't cut off. It was just made that way. Uh, sleeveless shirt and I'd put a logo on the front and I had some some black pants and mm-hmm. and you know black kick pads and stuff and I wrestled under the name Electricos which is Spanish for electric um, and uh, went out and uh, changed tried to do more of a lucha libre style more more flippy and showboaty and you know that kind of thing and less like a US style wrestling or anything like that um, it, for a battle royal for, for what limited opportunity but yeah I had a lot of fun with it um, I also realized that there were a lot of things about wrestling in a mask that I was not prepared for uh, it, it, even open face masks like I had which had an open mouth had an open nose hole mm-hmm. uh, that slanted down so my nostrils were free and the eye holes were pretty big I still had restricted vision and I still struggled to breathe properly through it because it was you know yeah. you're not used to something being on your face um so I did that. Uh, uh, I took that uh, to a few different places, just still feeling it out. And I got a lot of really good reactions out of it. But I also realized that the only way I could get those reactions were to uh, I had to burn a lot of energy on the front end with getting getting the crowd fired, running around like the ultimate warrior and just being ridiculous and then doing something absolutely silly, mm-hmm. you know, like running out for battle royal, doing 10 laps around the ring, firing the crowd up the next guy's music hits and I slide in the ring and get eliminated immediately. So the whole crowd is just exploding, waiting to see me do something. I jump in and I immediately get thrown out. 
And it's like, that was the only way I was gonna be able to make that work. So I was like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we just put this off to the side. We'll see what happens, you know? So like, I, I did my little thing with it, but you know, uh, I still have a lot of respect, even more respect now that I understand the amount of effort it takes to be able to wrestle in a mask. Like guys like, you know, guys like Super Zeta, rest his soul, who, who wrestled with a mask that covered his entire face. I, you know, I couldn't do that. I'd have hyperventilated and just passed out in the ring like, no, we're done. I, I lost a mask match to myself. We're <laughs> out of here, you know, so. Oh, Super Zeta was amazing. Like I said, rest in peace for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to get a chance to get to know him a little bit too, and I've also um, interviewed him as well. He's he was he was a great guy, and you can tell he loved professional wrestling. Very passionate about it. Very very passionate. And about um, it. all the times I know him, I also knows he always loved to help other wrestlers out. Yeah, he did. Um, I, uh, I I was fortunate enough to to get to wrestle Zeta one time, mm-hmm. um, and it's it, it was almost like okay, so. Maybe I didn't get to meet Rey Mysterio. Maybe I'll never get to meet Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe wrestling under a mask isn't for me. Um, but I actually got to wrestle a real luchador, like a real luchador. And there's, you know, not always that you see a guy with a mask on. Is he a luchador? You know, he may not have. He may be, but he didn't train and grow up in in Mexico, learning wrestling that way and coming up here. But Super Zeta, absolutely. So uh, I had an opportunity, and uh, they told me I was going to be wrestling with him, and I was really excited. And they're like, we think the match can be really good. You might be able to, to wrestle his style, uh, and if you can keep up, you may have a really good match with him. We can't. We don't know if you're going to win or not, but you may have a really good match with him. So I'm like, I'm like I don't even care. Just the fact I could say that I got to do that. So, uh, um, so we got to have that match, and uh, you Quite honestly, I surprised a few people that I'd been able to actually, you know, keep up and, and know when to move on things and get out of the way for this. And, oh, you're doing that. Well, I know how to counter that with this and all this other stuff. And uh, it was because I spent a lot of time early in my career. A lot of guys were like, we're going to study WWE. It's like, okay, you know, uh, I, I watch a lot of WWE. I study WWE. And they're like, okay. And I was like, do you guys want to watch any other wrestling? And they're like, no. And I'm like, that's don't limit yourself that way. Like you, you should always be studying every flavor of wrestling you can see because you're either going to learn what's going to work for you or you're going to learn what's not going to work for you. But if you limit yourself before you have the chance to even learn that, you will never fully become what you think you are in your head. So I spent a lot of time watching CMLL, a lot of time watching AAA. Uh, like I said, the videos I had ordered of, mm-hmm. of Ray Psychosis, yeah. Juventude from the that were all the matches from Mexico, and getting this. Uh, so I had an extensive history of seeing all that stuff, you know, going into this. So I was able to use that what I practiced beforehand, before meeting uh, Zeta, when I had gotten to practice in matches, and uh, I got to learn some stuff from a, from a guy in Canada on one of my trips up there. I got to learn some some tricky little things. So I just started throwing all that together and just started just throwing it at him. I was like, my one chance against him is that he's not going to expect me to come at him with with his yeah. style. He's going to expect one other. He's going to expect me to wrestle, you know, like the U.S. I'm going to start throwing all this at him. So I started doing all this, and uh, to his credit, 
you know, I, I, I think I made him take a half step back initially. And then he was like, okay, you want to do this? Now you're going to go against the master. And he, uh, he proceeded to beat the snot out of me for the next 10 minutes, you know. Um. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Um, yeah. I've been here several times when, you know, uh, Cody would be training the students and Zeta would go in there and be whipping on some of the trainees, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. Uh, so his, uh, I think the only thing that rivaled his love for wrestling was his distaste for any form of disrespect towards it. And if it was somebody who was trying to get into wrestling, somebody who might have already been in wrestling, if he thought that they were disrespecting uh, wrestling at any level, he did not hesitate to straighten them out. And sometimes it, sometimes it was verbally, you know, uh, you know, a heavy Hispanic accent and, and, and half Spanish, half English, but you knew he was mad. And you knew why he was mad. Other times it would be in the ring and uh, you would hear a whistle or a click and then uh, you would feel like you got hit by a car. <laughs> I, I, I can believe that. <laughs> I'm glad I never had that with them. I mean, I've done several things. Like I said earlier, um, I had him on my podcast, which it was a great story learning about him. And, you know, I shot a few promos with him too. And, uh, you know, he was really fun, yeah. fun dude. Yeah, he was, he was, he was an incredible asset to, to lose. Um, but, you know, it was... Uh, it was really amazing to get to see how many people's lives he touched. Um, I know he touched my life, even if it was just in a limited aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just one of those things I don't think I ever got to thanking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think we did a, we did a really good job with that uh, at, at the memorial show for him. It, it was great, and the thing that really you know took it most of all was for Shauna Reed. Yeah, she had that relationship with them and yeah she was especially hard yeah and now every time you see her going in a ring she'll do her you know she's going to ring and she'll do that flip upside down the ring and she always points up to zeta which i like and it's 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 you know it's respectful and it it is it is and and that's that's one thing that uh is kind of missing in wrestling it seems like is uh sometimes sometimes people forget where they came from or who helped them get there um Sometimes people think that they are responsible for you uh, getting somewhere when maybe they didn't have as much of, mm-hmm. of an impact as they like to think. Um, but I, I was really happy to see that, that Shauna uh, has no, no issue whatsoever recognizing how the help, who helped her and who helped get her where she is and who taught her and, and all this other stuff. And, and so, yeah, that, that hit her especially hard. Um, it hit a lot of people, but yeah, she definitely, I think she felt the brunt of it. And, you know, uh, uh, she's got a good support system. And I think part of, part of what's helping her heal is being able to perform at a level that, that we all know Zeta would have been proud of uh, because she doesn't, she doesn't, you know, part of my language, she doesn't half-ass it. She goes on well, 110% every time, and she will do that until she falls over, you know, uh, which is, you know, that's what I mean. It sounds kind of crude, but it's what Zeta would have wanted. You know, he doesn't. He didn't want you to half-ass anything. He didn't want you because if you half-assed it, you didn't care. And if you didn't care, you didn't need to be wrestling because he cared, and that's what mattered. He cared, and anybody else who does this has to care too. So she uh, she has done a very very good job at, at honoring his legacy and and being somebody who's learned from him. That's pretty good as well. So where can everybody find you on social media? Um, I'm, uh, I've got a Facebook page. Uh, it's uh, J West uh, hyphen 
official wrestler that they can go like and follow. Um, I've I've got some other ones. Don't really keep up with them too much. <laughs> That's uh, a lot. Busy. It is. It is. I'm trying to do better about it. But uh, yeah. So Jay West on Facebook. Jay West hyphen official wrestler. Uh, go like the page. Uh, I share uh, everything that usually comes across for FGW myself. Uh, even even the uh, BS that uh, Mark Magnum and uh, Jackson Sleaze decide they're going to share and, and post. Uh, you'll see that come across there, so you can at least understand why I'm so angry all the time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, don't really do anything on Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> I think it's JayTheMayor21 mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, you know, got to do better about keeping up on that one. Yeah. Hey, thank you for uh, so much for taking your time. I know you had a match night here at FTW, and thank you for coming on the show. It's no problem. Uh, thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about myself and, uh, you know, share, share some stories. So, All right. Everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. You can follow Wrestle Popcast at uh, Wrestle Popcast 1 on Facebook, and you can follow me and listen to my podcast on Spreaker iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net. Everybody have a great evening.